Hello, I'm glad you're here. I'm media disruption developer Kai Hubris, and this is EurekaCast, now where science meets technology meets you. With me, as always, is Professor Rowan Metalark from the Simon Amy Institute of Spirit Science. Hey there, Rowan. Hello, and welcome, weary wanderers, to the broadcast this evening. Right. Our show is always, to anybody listening, any citizen scientist, we are a place to settle down, to to have time to think. All citizen scientists, science is sort of like a journey that we take together. And sometimes you have to sit down and rest and and, and puff on maybe a a large large pipe and and think. Uh, Reflect, um, make smoke rings and look to the stars and just engage yeah exactly sometimes maybe play a violin and a uh, fiddle perhaps a, a fiddle silly if you're a scientist at a certain point once you've re- reached a certain level of sort of uh, observation you're able to sort of see those those notes that you play and they like arrange themselves in in equations and things like that and I, that is how music theory operates but to the best of my knowledge and truly um but to start off uh for for uh, our show tonight i want to talk about the text box, chapter gamma. Yet again. Yet again, it is a piece of revolutionary uh, revolutionary technology. It is, in fact, the Altigen. And, and thanks to the rigorous community and the technological power of this council, well, I'm just going to say it. We have brought crypto to the Altigen. Cryptocurrency? Yeah, yes, in a sense. Why would individuals who purchased this gaming console have any interest in mining um or producing cryptocurrency i don't understand that kai um well i mean why are you asking why anybody that uses a, a device wouldn't want some uh, some some you know some things to exchange for goods and services in their in their bank accounts i i I think it's bold of you to assume everyone has gotten it out of the box at this point. Well, we some people sure some people take quite some people like to savor that first game, such as unboxing a text box chapter gamma. The unboxing is the first game that a player ever experiences on the console. But for those that have already we we've thought ahead for those that are already you know done with that first game, um, we, we why not think about the gamification of other areas, specifically the areas of, of currency. And cryptocurrency is sort of a gamification of currency, if you think about it. Uh, yes, in the sense that it is of frivolous and of no consequence, much in the way a game is. Well, I mean, I, Rowan, I would say, I would say, tell that to your hot dog vendor when you try to when you try to get a nice, a nice big long uh, Frankenfurter uh, from them, and, and they ask you for some some currency in exchange. Uh, crypto? I'm not sure where you're going with this. Oh, um, well, let me explain then. Uh, so we have developed, with the Textbox Chapter Gamma, we have developed on the BrickLink, which is uh, what Guy5 runs on, uh, the BrickLink, we've developed a cryptocurrency that we're calling Brokens. Brokens are the Guy5 answer to the nine coin, but built on the BrickLink. And thanks to the stability of of Guy Five, it is probably the most stable and best investment for anybody looking into investing in, in crypto. Not that we are advocating on this program. No, for, I'm stating scientific facts for for investing in any in any anything of this sort. No, um, and I wouldn't consider even even investing at this so, point. So, uh, you this cryptocurrency. Is, yes, this crypto is is being completely. These brokens are being completely generated exclusively on text box chapter gammas. Is that correct? No, they are being generated with the help of the text box chapter gamma, and the text box chapter gamma is really the only way you can confidently make this sort of thing. It's the only economical way to make brokens, but to build brokens, as we say on the BrickLink. But you can do it on really any device. This is just the most efficient. Hmm. It's like saying it's like how you can play. You can play Halo on your laptop but why would you want to do that when you can get a text box chapter gamma are you implying that halo is available on the text box chapter gamma you just have to buy one to see not of course we're not we're in not all in all of this discussion i have yet to hear any indication of what games are for this console well in in a way again the economy is sort of a game and we're trying to gamify it more 
Um, so what you do in order to use these brokens um, is, well, first you have to exchange currency for them in order to 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 build them. Um, uh, now you can exchange currency in sort of any anything that you that you want. You can exchange nine coins. You can exchange Doge dollars. You can exchange pup pounds, or even the good old fashioned yen. Exchange them all to brokens and start building on the on the on the Bricklink uh, Guy Five Bricklink building uh, a system using your Textbox Chapter Gamma uh, console. Um, the interesting thing about brokens and the, and the revolutionary part about them in crypto is that their value is actually in a we call it a superposition. Um, well, sometimes we call it a super fun position, but uh, mm -hmm. it's in a sort of a superposition between a number of values that are decided by taking that broken. And this is another sort of process in the development of building brokens: is taking the broken that you've that you've created and sending it through a secure latency object transaction. Okay, I, I'm going to I'm going to have to stop you yes. right there because it's it's heavy dense stuff. Don't ask any questions. The the only you exchange currency right normal currency yes us dollars perhaps sure for this cryptocurrency yes just as you would any cryptocurrency and then you use that to build more brokens i don't understand this well we have a way it's again this is part of the ultigen you have we have a way of turning really any cryptocurrency into brokens using a, a new and disruptive way, Wh whatever that is, whether that's United States dollars, whether, whether that's, uh, you know, as I said, pup pounds, nine pounds, bitcoins, anything. Well, right, but the the question the question is though the normal appeal with cryptocurrency is mm. the idea that you can sort of generate them de novo. You know, if you are running. A, this uh, an application, a miner, a builder, mm -hmm. a tiller, what have you, right. that you can go in with no, you don't necessarily have to buy in in the strict sense of the word to mm -hmm. start generating them. With this, you have to? Well, it's a sort of a new new way of buying in. As I said before, we are not, it, it, it's sort of an exchange um, in, in the economic sense, but really what we're doing is we are turning one currency into another currency using the BrickLink. And what can be done with this this currency? And, and I, I should also say, well, tons of things, Rowan. Way more than any actual currency, honestly. Really? Yes. Any other currency? We've inserted the brokens into the into the slots. Um, once you insert it into the slots, that's where the fun begins. Because then you can start, um, you can start a, you, you start the actual transaction. Um, so currency and, and the economy, as we said, can be a game. It's sort of like haggling almost, right? So, so you, you, you sometimes will, will go and exchange goods and services for other goods and services or money for goods and services. And sometimes those things are variable. And that's sort of like a game. You have to sort of gamify it. You have to figure out how to get the most bang for your buck. Each of these transactions where you convert um, a, a, a new broken into a broken with a certain value um, well, it, it's going to be a game, and it's going to be a game that appears on your computer, and you're able to play it in order to sort of get the best. Uh, uh, these games are all different, but you're trying you're trying to get the best value for your broken, um, for your broken broken. Okay, I'm I'm very excited. Um, I'm sure the the listener is enthralled by um, the brokens and all of this, but we do have some other uh, stories to get to. Right. This so let me um, let me let me uh, let me just get really really into this. So you so you. You play your game, you get the value for your broken, and then you get a title key transfer note associated with your broken. Uh, we also call those tickets. And you can exchange that ticket for any number of goods and services on the Altigen. And the Altigen Guy5 uh, marketplace is much larger than any marketplace that you'd find on even any any standard, uh, standard wireless uh, connection or internet. So this cryptocurrency, the... the, the um this broken right gets used throughout these games oh it can be but you can use them to get these these tickets to receive goods well the ticket is then associated with the broken which you then use to buy and in some cases sell different items in uh, on the guy five network and what sort of items would 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 there be oh any number of items in fact 
Rowan, if you had an item that you wanted to sell, it's much easier to do it on the Guy 5 network than it is on really any other network. But I could only get it in exchange for brokens. Yes, which are better than most other currencies. I have a eureka moment. Go ahead, Rowan. So um, a recent study in Brain and Country came out, mm-hmm. uh, the journal Brain and Country. Right, a, invest- a favorite of mine. Investigating the ability of psychic mediums or perhaps channelers in this instance. Uh, Interesting. And this is in the reputable journey Brain and Country? Yes. On psychics and mediums? Well, no. They this So this was a little bit of a hit piece, and mm-hmm. we'll get to that. But essentially, individuals were directed to look at photos of dead people and determine their cause of death among three different causes. Okay. Uh, and the findings were surprising to some, namely that the control group outperformed the psychics, mediums, channelers, what have you. I mean, um, they outperformed them, the control group. That's, I mean, that's fascinating. I, I, would, I assumed, I mean, I don't know much about this field of research, but I've heard that pretty much every standardized test of, of a psychics or mediums' abilities uh, tend to show that they do not outperform random random chance at best. So I, I don't think this is very surprising. Well, I mean, the problem with um, parapsychology in that paradigm is mm-hmm. that um, among individuals who we might consider psychics, mediums, channelers, um, sure. voyagers, all star these children— different, All these different things, yes. Th- I'm familiar. The You will find one or two that are incredibly gifted— a great deal of charlatans out there, and so it's hard to p- produce a study with a large group of individuals um, doing psychic, uh, paras- parapsychological phenomenon, right? And have that work across the group uh, be- with the fact that it's one or two individuals that tend to be very, very proficient. Sure, it's sort of like looking at the average of a, of a class when there are really only two students that have actually studied for the, for the test. Well, that's one way to look. That is, that is one aspect of it. But this study um, where this control group outperformed the psychics uh-huh. uh, was used as an excuse to denigrate the field of parapsychology. Right. But in a way, this actually confirms it because this phenomenon wherein a control group, a large control group, can have parapsychological uh phenomenon occur through it Mm -hmm. is exactly what gestalt parapsychology actually predicts gestalt parapsychology yes uh in this field of Uh parapsychology it is understood that parapsychological phenomenon i.e astral projections telekinesis remote viewing right which are all different things they are all various different flavors of, sure. of parapsychological okay. phenomenon it's better determined and and easily more easily seen through groups of individuals mm-hmm. in essence the whole is more receptive than its parts excluding of course once again these sort of visionaries that come along once in a lifetime like you know zoltan and simon amy Fascinating. So, Rowan, Ravine. Rowan, Ravine, another one. Oh, um, sure. So, so, Rowan, what you're saying is that there's a field of 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 psych psychology, parapsychology, parapsychology. Yes, that says that uh, a num say that says that you're going to get better predictions by a number of people guessing at something than one person guessing at something, and how this is this is some sort of proof of uh, a group think sort of mediumship? Well, that is, I suppose, one way to interpret it. But it's not so much that these individuals are guessing at things. It's more that the whole will, on average, be able to exhibit a predictive behavior. I see. Or a sort of a... um knowledge gathering behavior that might not otherwise be applicable or seen on an individual scale sure this is the this is the psychology this is the the psychology the science behind ouija boards spirit boards okay i'm sorry are a totally separate phenomenon but if you had to make that comparison it wouldn't be totally inaccurate Mm mm-hmm 
Essentially, the essence of Gestalt parapsychology is that the whole is more receptive than its parts. Receptive to ghosts and stuff. Uh, entities, excuse I, me. Okay. But once again, parapsychological phenomenon. Okay. So this study, I looked over it. It had far more individuals in its control group than in its study group. Mm-hmm. And under those situations, in that situation... One would very clearly expect the control group to be more accurate. It will perform better because there are more individuals mm-hmm. that are there that as a whole can make decisions accurately about how individuals died or will die in certain situations. This is and did they were they able to talk to each other or this is just like they were near each other or in the same room or something? Um it, it, it it's more of the idea that these they all knew they were in the control group because they all came forward and said they did not consider themselves mediums mm, so see. on on the 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 subconscious level right the unconscious level this was a gestalt that formed very interesting so you're saying so you're saying that part of the part of the problem is that maybe some of the people in the it, that that thought that they might be psychics were sort of they were confused about which place they were in it's sort of like quantum mechanics they were confused about which which position they were in they could have been in any position and that sort of stopped their abilities to to work as a group with any either one there is certainly a strong argument to be made for the observer effect in mm-hmm. this instance with regards to these um it, you know being put you know putting someone on the spot putting a psychic on, on the spot you know that's not necessarily going to get you the best results no but so uh, just to t- touch on this a little bit longer um one of the things that gestalt parapsychologists use is the construction of graphs or distributions which yes. allow them to look at a wide variety of responses predictions um channelings perhaps they use graphs there there are there are quite quite a um, a a a wide gamut um there's a p wow. distribution that's often used the p stands for psychic um and by using these functions, these distributions, they can predict behavior at a much higher level than your classic medium. Uh, fascinating. And, and it is really quite fascinating. Uh, and they can they can do this by by simply just using using how how graphs grant them sort of uh, parapsychological powers. The way you look at what most people predict most of the time, and yes. that ends up being mostly correct. Um, that all being said, and, and, and this is just before I wrap this up, I do want to say that the traditional medium, your traditional channeler has its own role. Right. It has its own role, especially with regards to entities. Mm-hmm. And there's a great deal of parapsychological research going on in, into that. Just remember, parapsychology is not a monolith. Gestalt parapsychology has some very compelling arguments mm-hmm. for it. But there's a great deal number of other studies going on in that field. And, right. and you know, I... It's always exciting to be able to talk about that. That's all. Yeah, it sounds that sounds great. Um, Rowan, a very interesting piece of research that I have no information on and have no interest in learning about. But that's very interesting. Uh, I would like to touch br- very briefly in the time that we have uh, in the first half of this show. We do have a cool surprise in the second half of the show that I can't wait for all this uh, the citizen scientists to hear. Um, but I want to touch briefly on a Eureka controversy that that uh, involves Tech Brothers. Uh, tech, tech Brothers Lab Laboratories um, and the Chicago Health and Safety Commission and a few of the Guy 5 towers that have been built in certain neighborhoods. Oh? Yes. Um, really? Rowan, I don't know why you're, I, I feel like you should, would have heard of this already. Oh, um, you know, I try... I don't look into things that disturb me. Um, really? Then why did when I get on got on the call, you giggled a little bit? What can I say? It's sometimes... It, Sometimes it's just uh, one feels a moment of levity. That's all. Sure. Um, so the the controversy revolves around a few neighborhoods, including the Glen Pullman View and Wild Yard East Dale neighborhoods, um, along with three additional ones. I don't want to get into all of them because we have very um, very little time to talk about this. Um, but some people are, are are claiming that the removal of these towers, um, these Guy Five towers uh, in these different neighborhoods, these Tech Brothers Guy Five towers. Um, were the result of a recall um, by the Chicago Health and, Health and Safety Commission. And I want to say, first and foremost, they were not part of a recall. No. No, this is not part of a recall. The issue is, and this is the truth of the matter, um, it was deemed 
by Tech Brothers and by the Chicago Health and Safety Commission working together that these towers were too eco-friendly. I have a hard time believing that. It is it is 100% true, though. It okay. might be hard to believe. In what sense were they too eco-friendly? Well, see, the, the, the issue that a lot of green and eco, you know, uh, products and, and services have is that just as it's very bad for an environment to have all these pollutants and hydrocarbons and things like that in the area, it's just as bad to sort of completely remove them, to be taking them out too fast um, for their sort of the natural ecosystem to, to, you know, catch up to. That does not sound very credible to me. It's Well, it's 100% true. Um, the, the thing about the Guy 5 Towers is that they are 100% safe, and they are 20 times better than forests at removing carbon, at being a carbon dioxide recycler. How is carbon dioxide being recycled for these in these antenna? Well, there's you know there's electricity going through the towers. There's yes. uh, there there are wireless signals going through the towers and through a process of uh, uh, of certain filterization, sort of technological filterizations. We are turning that into a, just a, a, an easy, nice, breathable re- breathable air, oxygen, nitrogen, things like that. Ah, carbon. Um, so, so in, in addition to that, we were taking pollutants and, and hydrocarbons and, and green and all that sort of thing, all different sorts of greenhouse gases, out of the environment. But the issue is that in these specific neighborhoods, such as the Glen Pullman and, you know, uh, Wild, the, the other one that I said, the Eastdale neighborhood, um, they rely on their, pol- their, their pollution. Um, and by removing it too quickly, we were harming the neighborhood, the ecosystems and the wildlife and the things like that. Well, in all fairness, I could see that being the case. In some of these neighborhoods, especially when you look in places like perhaps even uh, Bridgeport Armor Square, sure. you'll oftentimes find wreckage uh, and garbage. But within the garbage, <clears throat> a squirrel's nest or or a butterfly has made its eggs all along it and Mm -hmm. uh, i suppose if you were to remove that garbage in that way it could do harm just because it's 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 like an artificial reef in a way exactly and we don't want to be removing those artificial reefs we want to be creating more artificial reefs as i as i said before that's one of tech brothers missions create more artificial reefs um but saying that i just wanted to address that controversy um very quickly uh but i think i'm I'm glad to hear that you're that you're turning around on these guy five towers though rowan I'm very happy to see them being removed. I'll say that to your face. I, 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 I'm very happy to go on the record saying that. Excellent. Well, let's move on to the, uh, to the, to the break then. Um, today, for, for a break, I, I, I told Rowan, I don't want to hear from the introverts, the introverts' almanac. The or old soul's almanac. Thank you. Yeah, I still see how it's a tedious connection to actual, actual science. So what I wanted to do is I wanted to bring something that I think was actually helpful and actually informative to the citizen scientists out there, to you listening um, in, in con- conveying and communicating science. And that is a transcript from when a neuroscientist looked at a coder's brain. A transcript? Yes. This, well, it's a, it's a transcript, but surprisingly, it also reads a little bit as a poem, which oh. is why I wanted to read it. Ooh, very interesting. Well, by all means, please. Okay. The neuron sparks just once in a network like an arrow calling from a graceful archer as if a shout if i be true then let me return creation uh that is that is the the end of the poem incredible well, when we co- will be taking a short station break, and when we return, we will be back with our special feature, something very, very exciting. Mm-hmm. Please stay tuned. Attention all citizen scientists. We are looking for your findings for the first ever conference of citizen science. Yes, that is the scientists, uh, the citizen scientists conference happening in early March on Eureka Cast Now. On that show, we will be peer reviewing your citizen science submissions for uh, inclusion in the first ever journal of citizen science. We will be having a peer review board live on the program discussing 
your findings, your data, all of the things that you on the street have come to learn and want to contribute to the scientific project. Right. If you have any data, any science, any discoveries that you want to submit, just go to awcyfm.com slash EurekaCast. Go to that website and hit on the contact page and fill out your form there. We are looking for any submission as long as it is less than four sentences long. It could be about nat- the natural sciences. It could be the about supernatural sciences. Mathematics. It could be a, a computer that you've invented. Fine, financial technology. Recycling aluminum. Anything. Anything at all. Um, and we will look them over. Inspire curiosity. Imagine science. And we are back. We are back. Welcome back, everybody. And I am very, very, very excited about what we have on uh, on the special feature tonight. It is really um, quite incredible because for months and months now, we have tried to get individuals to come onto our program to discuss their innovations. And frankly, um, that we have had two experts in two two episodes back to back it feels like a vindication that that people understand that this is an important platform for research and technology and spirituality truly i also think based on based on a uh, uh, tech brothers laboratories new media uh models of innovation uh we we do we do detect that innovation is going up at a at an exponential rate especially recently so it makes sense that now we there just there's just more innovation going on out there so we have more opportunity to take from now with all that said i um have only just recently learned of the 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 guests we're having on and what they're going to talk about. Yes, this is something that's been in a long time in the in the running uh, over at Tech Brothers Laboratories in the, fin, in the Fin Labs. Very controversial in some ways, especially with regards to recent events. We are not a political program. We are not. Um, it, technology, innovation, um, the, these are not political things, and so we do not talk about politics. Right. But it is current events. Yes, it, it, it is current events and the interesting science and technology that go into them. And, and Tech Brothers is no stranger to, to FinTech, to the... Uh, to the uh, technology and the science that goes into uh, reading the stock market and predicting the stock market and finance and the economy and things like that. Just like any other field, there is some extent of predictability and, and interest, just interesting tidbits that one can take and learn and, uh, and optimize in, in all different fields. In, in some ways, you are correct. I, I, for one, am of the opinion that you know it, it, it's frustrating to me on a personal level, and especially with regards to my colleagues as well, mm. is that when we over at the Simon Amy Institute of Spirit Science or any other spirit science center of research, right, the, the, the various other ones, attempt to do any sort of prognostication or or uh, looking into the future and and determining in a quant a quantitative manner a quantitative and quantum manner yes uh, that there are the events that to come we are treated as charlatans mm-hmm. we are treated as imbeciles right we are treated treated uh, as if what we have to say is um impossible on the face of it right and you, yet, people just come up and say where is the evidence whereas you see some of some of the people doing the, the research into 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 fintech and into financial uh predict predictions they don't tend to have as much evidence either well exactly but th- those same fi- fintech these fintech people yeah. as you so put it out these, the these fintechies these yeah. stock these stockbrokers and these computer scientists they receive so much um more uh, serious attention and and people pay them a, a certain amount of mind and, and and give them a certain amount of belief mm-hmm. when to my mind the 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 stock market is is moon dust and fairy dreams it's it's abstract it's completely and utterly um, it, unlike things like the the movement of celestial bodies right. or entities, which are actual physical sure. concrete things, or the mixing of, of different stomach acids together. Um, They're called humors, but yes. Anyway, would you like sure. to introduce the guest? Yes. Um, just as you said, the the moon dust and, and, and fairy dreams. Uh, the, the problem with those sorts of things is that they're that they're not predictable. What we have on is is somebody that has demonstrated. Um, the Tech Brothers uh, Laboratories has had their eyes on for a while. It's somebody that has demonstrated time and time again uh, that studying um, and and optimizing 
the fields of, of fintech and the study of, of financial systems, um, they can create truly, truly disruptive, truly disruptive trends in these industries. Uh, so we have on Poindexter Dweebson, who is a chrono consultant, uh, one of the premier chrono, cons chrono consultants in all of fintech. So uh, uh, Poindexter, are you on the line? I am indeed. Excellent. So, so uh, you you heard you heard our back and forth forth there. So, you know, fi finance and the predictability of it, and, and and things like that. Just the industry, the financial industries, and and the tech and the science that goes along with it are are seen in society generally as they're looked down upon. Uh, what what do you bring to the table, though? What what is a what is a chrono consultant? A chrono consultant is a uh, a operative in the rapidly developing field of chrono finance which is a method of disrupting traditional timelines mm. to develop industries in ways that had never been done before. That, that is, that um, is... And also, I take a, a small offense to a, a comment by, by your, by your co-host, Rowan. It is not moon dust in fairy dreams. We use dust from Mars oh, in fairy dreams. That's fascinating. Um, so, yes, that is, that is definitely interesting. And um, we... I come to understand that, that typically when you think of these innovative, disruptive industries, you're thinking of startups. Start there are tons of fintech startups that happen all over the world, especially in, in Chicago, in the city that we live in. Um, tech Brothers Laboratories itself is, is something of a startup. Uh, but, but you are a consultant. You are consulting a number of different startups and, and technology uh, companies uh, to, to help them utilize this, uh, the, this, this, this new way of investing. Yes, that's true. Yes, chrono finance is applicable to many different industries, though we find most of our clients come from rapidly developing tech fields and small businesses. Mm. Now, when you said that uh, chrono finance, the, the, the bedrock of chrono finance is the disruption of timelines, um, what is that? Could you go into that a little bit more? Do you mean in terms of of uh, moving, uh, like, pr for example, industrial production sort of uh, unit sure. operations? Or wh what do you mean by that? Logistics? I'm, I'm just, I'm confused. Uh, it, is a, it is a common confusion. Chrono Finance allows, uh, allows forward-thinking companies to transport ideas, personnel, and materials backwards in time to better utilize them in the past. So, and so when you say when you say backwards in time you mean like sort of the time scales of of different you know production production lines or or something like that I mean literally backwards in time really? via the use of time machine technology Time machine technology hmm. fascinating That's... Yes it is a it is a new field it is a bit surprising it is not more well known than it currently is So what are some you said that as a consultant you work with a number of different companies to implement this uh this new emerging technology what could you give us an example of an implementation of uh chrono finance or um in in a concrete way of course a new pizza delivery service contract uh, contracted me and in my firm to deliver pizzas more quickly. They developed a way to deliver pizzas before their customers had even ordered them. Hmm. Fascinating. So, uh, Unfortunately, this company has yet to turn a profit as none of their customers actually pay for the pizzas since they don't get a chance to order them. They arrive on their doorstep before they even realize they're going to order them. But these are common problems in, in early developing finance fields. Interesting. And would you attribute that that failure to the business in question with regards to implementing it, or do you feel that this is something uh, unsurmountable uh, in with regards to this sort of chrono finance? We are currently working with that company to get them to deliver their pizzas thirty seconds later in the process after the mm -hmm. customer has ordered. But so far, they're being a little bit hesitant. It doesn't fit their business model. Yeah, now, that, now that that's fascinating. Um, and so, so when we when, when I was a, was looking around and, and seeing the, um, the the boon that you've been having on on you know industries, what immediately drew my eye was was you know, recently in, uh, in in financial circles, the 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 listener, the citizen scientist out there would have no doubt in their research heard about the the, the vast changes and shifts in 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 finances in in the stock market, things that even 
our protocol at Tech Brothers Laboratories, it was unable to to catch exactly um, our protocol being called Marks. Uh, it was unable to catch exactly what uh, what was happening and, and and control it and let us know what was going on. Um, but but you were able to not only seize on the on the on the vast growing and changing rates in in the stock market, but you were able to help several different companies. Uh, capitalize on, on those, and and you're telling me that you're using this this sort of predictability method that that you're saying is just like going into the future, learning information and sending it back. That you're using this to help uh, to help the finance industries. Yes, chrono investment is the future of the stock market. Instead of using complicated algorithms that have a high failure rates mm. to try to determine the best way to invest, you merely send an investor back to the start of the day and have them invest in the most profitable stocks. It is a much more logical way of, of investing money. Has the SEC been involved in any of this as um, with regards to... So what's the regulatory situation for this, uh, if you don't mind me asking? Uh, regulation is currently pending, but uh, the existing structures have prevented individuals from being able to do it themselves. So only... Large hedge funds have access to this technology at the moment. Right. I mean, it sounds like a very ex expensive and, and tech-heavy uh, technology to, or a tech-heavy uh, process to, to invest in. Can you tell us a little bit more about the, the technology that goes into this? Of course. The technology is very complex. However, uh, what I can tell you is that we use state-of-the-art time cubes to transport Primarily personnel to the past when that, we do this. That is fascinating. I have always been a huge fan of the Time Cube, and it's mm -hmm. so wonderful to see that um, uh, there is a wider application to to that theory. Um, that's that's exciting to the, hear. The, the cube is is really sort of an optimal an optimal shape for a for a lot of different things. Did you did you consider try Did you try to use things like time spheres and? and time pyramids in this and they just didn't work or or was the time there was a uh, there was a lot of promise with a five-sided time prism however mm. that research ended up going nowhere i see or they went back to egypt one po of the two Poss possibly have you had a lot of staff turnover in this manner staff turnover is a very interesting question occasionally we will send out we will send one of our personnel to the past, and they will simply vanish from this timeline entirely, never seen again. No, we no. mourn these people. So, but some people will refuse to go to the past, but their double will have done so, and now we'll have two of them. So it tends to even out in the long run. Uh, and and you're, of course, you're talking, you're talking very metaphorically here, right? You're, you're sort of talking about the predictability methods that you're using in your, in your again, as you said, very simple, very straightforward, very... Uh, very streamlined uh, algorithms and, and technology to send sort of information and people back and, and forward in time to, to capitalize on, on, on these sorts of things. That's correct. In fact, I use this technology myself. Right now, I have a meeting with a major pharmaceutical company mm -hmm. that I believe my double should be at. After this meeting, I will go into a time machine Back to the past, so I can do it myself. It's it's, it's very it's very interesting the, the the this way that you talk about it. It's definitely very interesting to hear the ways that people talk about new industries as, as if they were real. Yes. Um. So uh, here's my question. It sounds like there's a lot going on. You said this is a very streamlined, straightforward pro uh, uh, process, but it sounds like there is a lot of of you know things to manage. Different timelines, as you say. Different people, as you say. Different different data and information. How how is it? How is it that you were able to make sure uh, keep that data sort of organized and on track? I'm assuming you have things built into your technology to do this. That is an excellent question. Chrono logistics is at the cutting edge of this field, mm. properly managing material, personnel, and equipment through multiple different time frames mm. and timelines is an incredibly mm. complex task. And of course, if you get it wrong too much, it could cause the immediate paradox destruction of the universe. So it is important to be on top of these things. Really, what, what, is in, what is involved in the paradox destruction of the universe? Well, let's say that you have a product okay. in the present, and you send it back to the past. Sure, metaphorically. It's important not to stock that product at the same supermarket as you would have stocked it in, in the future. I see. Because otherwise, it could cause a time paradox. So you have to send mm. it one state over. 
How, I see. So, with regards to these paradoxes, um, I, I, I'm sorry to 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 get in on this so much. It's just it's such a fascinating concept. What? How then? For example, you're sending in the financial area, sure. which I wish, which to is my what understanding, we're more interested in because it's awesome. To my understanding, is the bulk of what you do. Um, how does there not be a feedback loop in a sense with regards to sending individuals into um, or predicting these things, and then sort of the observer's paradox is what I'm getting at. What? What? How does one? How do you account for that? Ah, yes, we have an entire field of chronoethics to make sure that we responsibly hold people in the correct locations while we are doing this time frame uh, manipulation. It is a difficult process. Uh, and we always have to make sure in the field of chrono finance that we never overstretch our boundaries. Now, I mean, that, that, that is great to hear. It, it's great to hear. I'm sure, Rowan, you're excited to hear that they're that they're, I don't know, they're they're taking people's feelings into account when it comes to this with with a code of ethics. I would disagree that ethics have to do with feelings in the way that maybe you've implied. Um, but no, as far as I'm concerned, as long as this remains a vindication of the time cube, I'm all for this. Um, frankly, um, because the because the these. Th- the theoretical framework for this has existed for a great deal of time. And, um, you know, once the markets take notice of it, then finally you can get the ivory castle to take a notice. Right. Um, yeah, and that brings up another really good question, question, Rowan. Um, so this is a very disruptive field. You are a very, um, Poindexter, you're a very hot commodity right now. My question is, I mean, I'm sure you're getting more and more and more different industries, especially in, in, in fintech, um, in the financial industries, more and more people who are looking for your consultancy services and, and are looking to use your, your developed technology, is there sort of a, a cutoff point or there's, is there some sort of worry um, that, that we should consider when thinking about when maybe most to all of the companies in, a, in an industry are using you, your services? Have, have you considered that? Well, it is certainly a worthwhile consideration. Mm. Uh, the upsides to it, however, significantly outweigh the downsides. Mm-hmm. For example, traditionally, you can only get 40 hours of work out of your employees per week. But with right. time travel, you could go up to 60 hours, 80 hours, 120. The sky is the limit. Right. And you still have to only pay them for one hour of work per week. A brilliant innovation right. in the field of, of, of labor uh, planning, right. Uh, going over these notes here that um, I we were provided by your firm, um, I'm seeing something here called um, Chrono Crypto. Uh, now, y- yes. Uh, now, when I was this is this is very important because when I was hearing everything that you've said, there's one word that's on my mind. It, it was just this sounds a lot like cryptocurrency to me. Uh, so yeah, go ahead, Rowan. Oh, I, I just I'm very curious to hear about this and its implication, because I um, so far, I understand your methodology and what you are doing much more than I understand the blockchain. So I'm hoping that by involving this, that perhaps it could clarify uh, to me what what exactly um, what exactly is g- going on with that. Ah, mm-hmm. uh, yes. Chrono crypto, a, a enormous field in the in the existing uh, chrono finance field mm-hmm. uh, by utilizing the chrono blockchain Ooh. Uh, anybody including firms or individuals with dedicated cr- chrono crypto mining setups can mine crypto coins using chrono technology if one wow. of your competitors mines a chrono crypto coin before you do all you have to do is travel back into the past and mine it before them fascinating that that is that is amazing. What what is involved? How how does a, a firm make sure that they have, uh, that they have chrono crypto technology, um, to to, to conduct this sort of mining? Uh, the the cutting edge of the field mm. is in quantum chrono computing, really? which links computers together in the past and future to make sure that coins that you mine aren't mined before by someone else, unless they are of course also using a chrono crypto quantum computer. 
Yeah. So yeah, yeah. So uh, Poindexter, what happens? This is sort of what I was talking about before. Now, now imagine that you somebody mines a coin with it with a standard uh, blockchain mining setup. You know, a, a nice big old juicy graphics card. Mining those coins, they get a coin. They <laughs> they find a nice coin <laughs> deep in deep in the deep in the mainframe. They find a nice fat coin, and uh, and then the, uh, one of their competitors. They say, I'm going to go, I'm going to use this technology to go back in quote unquote time and mine that coin before they do. And they mine that coin. Uh, th wh what happens? I mean, does the, does the firm that mined the coin know that this, that this has happened? Ah, uh, that is the, that is capitalism working as intended. In this case, the second person, the, the one who had originally mined it in the future. Right. Because of the time wave that mm -hmm. strikes them would have no memory that they had ever even mined it. Fascinating, fascinating. So, what happened? In fact, this may have even happened to you. This, this is a really interesting consideration. I, I have to do some study on my my finances uh, uh, about this. Um, I, I do have, I do have another another really big question that's burning in my mind, though. Uh, Point Dexter. Of course, uh, ask away. And, and that is, um, what what are the limits to this? I mean, I mean predictability, science, and, and algorithms, and things like that. We, we can only go so far there's always a limit there's always a uh, you know a, f a farthest in time that we can sort of predict as we look on this chessboard that is the the stock market um, what are there any limits to how far in the future or in the past you can you can go with it with what you have well the technology is rapidly developing at the minute and we're able to go days weeks months into the past so far uh unfortunately every time we attempt to go too far into the future or the past, the time police show up and arrest everybody involved. The time police is this a, is this a, a state or a, a federal or? What, it what? is somewhat hard to tell. They seem to be from the extremely distant future, but as it, long as we don't go too far in either direction, they leave us alone. Interesting. Well, I think that is, if anything, a incredible vindication of what you are doing because. Most things that are worthwhile are considered illegal by cops. Sure, by the police. It they is. Are. It is. It is and, wonderful and, how how disruptive your industry is. It, it, it yes, is. it it, uh, it helps to know that in the future, chrono finance is a properly regulated field by the the powers that be and the government and the forces of law. It just proves that it is not a criminal enterprise, as so many have claimed it to be these days mm -hmm. well we're running relatively short on time but i do have one more question for you um namely i just was wondering if you would had any exciting projects in the pipeline that you would want to talk about before we have to go of course there's so many so many interesting projects yeah. uh projects the, that haven't happened yet I'm, I'm imagining yes the the most the most fascinating project uh that i have heard and that i have involved with is a taxi service called Time Out that gets mm. you to your destination before you actually order it. So if you are, say, 15 minutes late to a meeting with your CEO or your mistress, and you take a half-hour time taxi to your destination, you'll get there 15 minutes early. That seems like it could be quite disorienting. It sounds like it could be quite disruptive. But that's the future for you. This is fascinating. I, I, I'm super excited to hear how, how you are using, how you and more people are using such advanced algorithms to help us almost, it almost feel like we are, we're, time, we're traveling in time with the, with the amount of information that we can, we can find and, and take back and, and change with our world. That, that, is, that, is that is fascinating. And I am so glad to see the time cube finally come into its own and prove uh, relevant in a, such a beautiful visual manner. Mm -hmm. um, thank you very much. Mr. Dweebson. Thank you. It's been an honor to be here, and I have a meeting 20 minutes ago I have to attend. So that was fascinating, but I do believe mm -hmm. it's time for a citizen science. Uh, it is. Now, this comes from Bill Mitchell, who got his blue check mark from Twitter. Mm -hmm. in, in what field, Rowan? I don't know. It's not stated, but I would guess physics. Sure. That's now, the easiest one. Uh, Mr. Mitchell inquires... I've often wondered how melting sea ice will raise ocean levels, since when water freezes it, it assumes a hexagonal shape, mm. thereby taking up more volume than water. Therefore, 
thawing ice therefore, should actually— I, I like therefore. I like that, that word. Therefore, I, I would have gone for an ergo, mm. personally. But therefore, thawing ice should actually lower sea levels as less space is displaced by the thawed water. Now, Rowan, I typically—listener, I, I, I consider you a citizen scientist— I enjoy and I praise the citizen scientists out there. I support citizen science. But I have to say, this sounds like if this was in my peer review, I would write back a comment that says, where is your experiment? I'm sure you can do an experiment to verify the the validity of this theory that you have. Well, there's thought experiments. You know, this is Mm -hmm. more of a theoretical consideration. This is playing with theories and ideas in your mind and 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 applying that in a way uh to the real world i think there's some there's a place for that sure i really do think there's a place for that certainly not and certainly i I wouldn't imagine that from a blue theorist though a a blue blue check mark theorist well you know um sometimes you know the greatest minds are the vaguest and it's you know that's the way i look at it Hmm? i disagree i'd like to close on a quote by philosopher by tech philosopher Jordan Tulso, who said this, When one looks at the history of of technological development, one sees striking similarities between the invention of the printing press and the invention of the widget. I think both will have a similar effect on our society. Profound. It it, it truly is. Bold. Bold? I dare dare say I. uh, Valid. EurekaCast Now is meticulously researched, produced, and presented with the support of Tech Brothers New Media Labs in Chicago, Illinois. We are broadcast every Saturday evening, 8 to 9 p.m. CST on WLPN LP 105.5 FM, Lumpen Radio, and are rebroadcast every Monday from 8 to 9 p.m. CST on WIIT 88.9 FM, Chicago. If you'd like to get in contact with us, please follow us uh, at EurekaCast on Twitter and Instagram. And visit our website at awcyfm.com slash EurekaCast. Rowan, I believe we have some other social media. Uh, we do. If you do engage in other forms of social media, please feel free to find us at facebook.com slash awcyfm or send an electronic mail to awcyfm at gmail.com where you can share with us any technological, scientific, or spiritual breakthroughs you've witnessed or participated in. Additionally, if you or someone you know would like to be a guest on the program, feel free to reach out at that email, which is once again awcyfm at gmail.com mm-hmm. without chicago allow us here at eureka cast now to grasp you in one last loving moist embrace before you leave us once more with a high viscosity